good morning. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, my name's Wendy. Uh, I know most of you know that. Uh, wife of Pastor Paul, very exciting. Um, so I'm going to be doing a two-parter. So I'm going to be concluding on next week, which is, is that Mother's Day? Let's make that up. Let's go for that. Mother's Day, how exciting. Um, and I'm going to be talking, um, just literally the title of what I'm going to be talking about over the next two weeks is called... C-A-L-L-E-D, you are called. And I want to kind of delve into what that is and what that means today and also how you walk in it. So um, obviously we're talking about the idea of running our race this year. That's our vision as a church. And, you know, when we're talking about running our race, the first thing that you need to do to run a race is know what the race is. (laughs) Because you can't really run anywhere if you don't know where you're going and what your race looks like. And we have two races to run in our life. One is corporately as a church. We're called to build the house and we're called to be servants. So we've all got a corporate race, but you've got a unique one, and you've got one that is just for you. Did you know that? And it's literally your race and nobody else's. And I want to talk about what that looks like and how we, how we walk in that, because I believe that we'll never feel fulfilled, and we'll never feel kind of like we're really doing what we need to be doing until we find our race and run it. Um, and, you know, I love the fact that we're called to build church together, and I love the fact that we're also called to run our own race. So here's a dictionary definition of what being called is. This is from uh, Merriam Webster's dictionary. It says, a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action, especially, I love this bit, when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. That should be on the next one. So a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. So your calling is that you are, you are designed with a particular course in mind, and it is anointed by God. How cool is that? That just should be uh, cartwheels at the back of the room there, Tanya, in a minute. It's very exciting. Okay, but that's literally how it, I love that definition. So you have a calling, which is a particular course to travel, a way to go in your life, but it is of divine influence. So let's go to the next one. Have a look at Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. It says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in it, or walk in them. So that scripture tells us that you have something, good works, to do for God, It will always be about bringing God glory. It will always be about advancing the kingdom. That will always be the purpose. But God has prepared it before you were even born. Have you ever thought that? That your plan for your life in the race that you were designed to fulfill and walk in was decided by God before you were either saved or you were even born. And the end of that scripture tells us that you should walk in them, which gives me the caveat that it's not a guarantee that you will. It's your choice to walk in it. It's not forced on you, but your race and the thing that God has predestined for you to do before you were even born, it's up to us to make a choice to walk in it. And the Bible says that we should do that. So you have a calling. Okay? How exciting is that? Jen, you have a calling. Lorna, you have a calling. Michelle, you have a calling. Josh, you have a calling. Ian, you have a calling. All the Ians in the room have a calling. <laughs> Every Ian has a calling. But you are specifically called by name to run a race that is unique to you, that has God's anointing on it, and only you are to walk in it. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> Can't contain myself. Literally amazing. 
How amazing is that? That should get you exciting. I, what I love about that is the fact that God knows you so intimately that he has designed something that only you can achieve and he believes you 100% that you can do it. <laughs> How awesome. We're not robots. We're not just a blob of people all doing the same thing. God has given you something unique and it's something that Rachel's going to do. Steve can't do it because he hasn't got the hair, to be fair, to do it. But... Um, Steve can't do what Rachel's called to do, and Rachel can't do what Steve's called to do. Now, they, they work together to build the church, and they're faithful servants. We love them to bits, as everybody in this room is, but they have a unique gifting that's only for them. So let's go to 2 Timothy 1.9. It says, you have been saved, and sorry, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. There it is again. You are called with a holy calling, something that God wants you to do for him. Amen. It's his purpose and his grace. He's designed it for you. And on top of that, it was before you were even born. So I don't make this stuff up. Don't, I don't make it up. God says it. Look at that. How amazing is that? And I love the fact that Jesus was working on us and deciding our destiny before we even were born. So, in Psalm 37, it goes on to say, The Lord directs the steps of the godly, that's you and me. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. What that scripture tells me is that God is interested literally on a daily basis in what you're doing. He literally is thinking about it, interested in it, and trying to direct every single step you make. So he not only designed what you're called to do, he decided it according to his purpose for you born, and then he is purposely interested and watching over you and directing you to walk in it every single day. Not just every, every now and then, every single day he is delighting in the detail of your life and the calling that's on your life. He's interested and invested. Now, when it comes to the details of our lives, that can look quite different, and that can massively depend on what we do. So some people, the details of their life and their daily walk is really just down to their security and them being comfortable. For some people, their journey and their life is about making sure they've got a roof over their head and that they are secure and they're comfortable. And we all need that stuff, but sometimes that is all people are consumed with. If you talk about their calling, they might just tell you about their job. And their job might be their calling, but actually, when you get into the nitty-gritty of it, is that actually just about their security? I want a roof over my head, I want to be comfortable, I want a nice car. That's literally what their calling is to them. A survey was done a few years ago that said that 85% of our thinking is about ourselves. We only spend 15% of our time thinking about anybody else. (laughs) 85% of our time we are consumed with what we're doing and what we feel and what we want. And only 15% of people's mindset and and occupations other people. Well, if you were to turn that on your head for God, what would he be? (laughs) probably 85% other people and 15% crack on, ignore yourself and you'll be fine. Um, But focus on other people. So God is completely opposite. Jesus didn't spend 85% of his time looking after himself and being comfortable. We'd be in trouble if he did that. Even if he spent 15%, that would be a miracle. I'd probably go down to five. I mean, he was, he was just, in the most points where he was exhausted, the crowds would come to him and he'd get back up and minister again. He never, ever thought about his own comfort. And do we think Jesus fulfilled his calling that was predestined before he was born? Absolutely, did he. 
and it was others-focused, absolutely others-focused. In fact, if you think about the last thing that Jesus did before he went to the cross, they were in the upper room having a meal, and he washed the disciples' feet. He was about to die and be crucified, and the last thing on his mind was to serve his disciples and wash their feet. And that's what it looks like to be called. Not to be focused on just our own security and income in our lives, but actually living a life for others that's a predestined that God has given you to do. So let's have a look at this little picture. So when you're not living your calling and you're just living for your comfort and yourself, it can be a little bit like this. It can be like a ship that has no motor and can be tossed around and the wind and the waves and the storm can just decide where it bashes it. And sometimes in life it can be like when you're not fulfilling your purpose or focused on other people enough, Obviously, you've got to look after your family and yourself. Not not saying neglect people, but if your mentality is actually fulfilling what God's called you to do, you won't be tossed. If you look at the second one, people who are fulfilling their calling are like a boat with a motor. Because of the motor in that engine, it can get over over a storm or a wave, and it can get to its destination. A ship that doesn't have one is tossed and is destroyed. So when you have a motor, if you like, or the Holy Spirit driving your calling and you're walking in it, it's like you've got a motor in your engine that takes you over every storm and you can go over every wave and you can reach a destiny. It's completely different when you have the Holy Spirit and you are walking in a calling that God has given you. It's a little bit like having a GPS on a ship like that. You wouldn't have a GPS on the other boat, would you? GPS, I was trying to make a very clever statement, God's personal sat-nav. I don't know if that's... That's, I don't know, I've made that up. That's not what it is, but that's much better than a... I don't know. Um, God's personal sat-nav, the Holy Spirit kind of inside of you, leading you on that daily walk to people that are surrendered to their calling and willing to serve him. You reach your destination. A sat-nav on that boat will get them to where they need to get to safety and to harbour. Let's look at these next two. This make my son happy on the right-hand side. Okay, so... Cars and vehicles. You can see I'm an expert. You're going to expect now, aren't you? Something amazing to come out of my mouth. It's not. It's going to be basic, people. So, um, right-hand side is a F1 car. Apparently, it's got some some stuff on it that makes it go really fast, and it's been designed that way. And it's got a fast engine. Now, that's as basic as it's going to get. Left-hand side's a little bit bigger. It's a tractor. Okay, and it's got some big wheels. And it does things, and it pulls heavy things, and it's got a very different engine, different purpose. Okay? So those vehicles are designed for the function of what they are called to do, or meant to do. Okay? They're designed aerodynamically. That's the word, isn't it? Let's go for that one. In order to win races, that thing is designed to plough and harvest and pull things and do stuff in a field. Now, look at, my, look at Dan's, the IT on this, Dan. You're literally going to be wanting to employ, he loves it. Look, look at the IT skills I'm about to show you here. Look at what I did next. Look at that. The IT skills there. I literally cropped it and stuck it on a, that's the best I could do. The, you'd never know that was <laughs> basic IT skills. Anyway, good with words. Um, if you stick a tractor on an F1 track, it doesn't really, uh, it's not designed to function on an F1 track. If you put a Formula One car in a field and expect it to do 100 and something, it's not going to. So when you stick something in an arena that it was never created for, it doesn't function. 
that's the point. I'm sorry about the skills there. I should have got my daughter to help me because she's very good at this kind of thing. But anyway, time, time's essence. So you are designed to function <laughs> with the giftings on your life in the arena that you were designed to walk in that was purposed before you were even born. And if you put yourself on a different track and you're not fitting in the function, the gifting of your life, it will be awkward, it will not work, and you will not, it will not be easy. Those tra- tractor and that F1 car will not fulfill its purpose on that track, on that, on that surface. It won't work. Now, I was just thinking about Dan, when I was, not because my IT skills are rubbish, Dan, but Dan's a really good example. So as you know, Dan is an IT whiz, and he's got his open cloud media company that does all sorts of stuff with tech and media and uh, video stuff. Anyway, I'm just making it up, Dan. And uh, there we go. And he's absolutely brilliant at it. And that is his business. That's his gifting. And he's using that in the secular world. But he's also using it in church. So God has blessed him with that gifting. And he uses it every day for, as a job, as to create a company. But also, he's created a ministry out of it. And he's using his talent to advance the kingdom of God. I know he's been recently filming with Pastor Andy for TBN UK. And they were so impressed with the video quality that he produced. They didn't even need to use their own cameras. They just let Dan do what he does because he's so good at it. But he's been using it to spread the gospel, to, to enable Pastor Andy to do what he does so well, which is to speak to thousands of people. Um, and he's using it as a gifting. And your calling might not be ministry. It's not saying that everybody should be up the front here speaking or whatever. Your calling could be the business world. It could be secular. But is it going to give glory to God? And is, is it about others? Because if it's doing those two things, then it's exactly what God's wanting you to do. If it, does, if it fits its purpose and you feel like you're flowing with it and you know it's blessing somebody else and you know it's giving glory to God, then you're probably walking in exactly what you should be doing. So let's have a look at the next bit. So why do we need to live in our calling? So this scripture here in Galatians says, pay careful attention to your own work for then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else for each is responsible for their own conduct. When you walk in your calling and you're walking on the race that you have designed, been designed to fulfill, two things happen. One, you'll feel satisfied and second, you won't be jealous of somebody else. How many times do we look at someone else's ministry or what someone else is doing and we're jealous of it? We're only jealous of it because we're not walking in our own. <laughs> because if we were walking in what God has called us to do, we'd be fulfilled. It deals with that idea of kind of comparing yourself to someone else. When you are satisfied with what God's called you to do and you're walking in it, you won't feel um, that you're continuing to compare yourself. You won't be jealous. And that, as I said before, that could be that your, your job is to be raising your family at home and that's what God's called you to do. It could be that you are called to some of the business world. It could be that you're like me in education. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be in a certain box. But it, you will feel satisfied and fulfilled when you're walking in the right place that God has given you to, to walk in. Jesus said that in John 4. He said this, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. So Jesus uses the word nourishment attached to his calling. If you think about what food does to nourish the body, it gives you energy, gives you strength, It feeds your life. You can't live without food. Jesus basically said, everything that I need for my life comes from doing the will of God. That's where I get my nourishment from. So if you think about the opposite, if you're not walking in the will of God, you don't know what the will of God is and you're not walking in it, what are you going to feel like? Starved, tired, empty. What's the opposite of not being nourished? You die. 
I'm not saying you die physically, but it's almost like a spiritual death, I think. Often people feel, they feel lost, and they feel hopeless and without purpose, because Jesus said that's what gets his nourishment. And that doesn't mean that life was easy. It doesn't mean that you just kind of stroll through life and just, Dan wouldn't say that running a company is easy just because it's his calling. But the reality is that when you walk in it like Jesus did, even though he had struggles and trials, he felt nourished. He felt completely whole and energized and fulfilled because he lived every day doing whatever God was calling him to do. So let's have a look at why else we need to walk in our calling. So we just had a look at the idea that you will feel fulfilled, you'll feel um, full and happy and satisfied and you won't feel envious of anybody else. The next one in 2 John says, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you will receive your full reward. So the other reason to walk in your calling is to have an an eternal idea that we're going to stand before God and give an account for our lives. And we're not going to be judged on whether or not we know Jesus. Because if, we're in, if we stand before him, we've got to the point where we said yes to Jesus. We're going to be judged on what we did with what God called us to do. The Bible talks about rewards. And I'm going to show you some more scriptures linked to that in a second. But there is a reward for those people who do what God has called them to do on earth. When we stand before God, we are not going to, if we know God, we're not going to be judged for our sin. The Bible says that we've been set free from that and forgiven. So it's not about standing before God about our salvation and our, and our sin in our lives. If we've accepted Jesus, we're born again, that's been washed. He's not going to talk to us about that. He's going to say to us, this is what I purposed in your life for you to do. Did you do it? This is what I was calling you to do. Did you do it? That's the conversation we're going to have with Jesus. And if the answer is yes, the Bible says there's going to be a reward. And if the answer is no, the Bible says that everything that we have will be burnt up and we'll just literally just about get into heaven with nothing with us. Now, it's not a salvation thing, but God will judge us on what we've done with the calling. We're not judged according to salvation because that will be dealt with at the cross. So it's not that. It's actually what did you do? Let me prove that to you in 2 Corinthians 5.10. It says we're going to all stand before Christ to be judged And we will receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthy body. So God is going to ask us, or going to give an account for what we did. And if it was our purpose and our calling, it's glorifying him and we've done good, the Bible says that we will then deserve a reward. Now, if we look at the actual Greek of that, the actual word judged is krima, which means a decision will be made. People get this wrong and they think the word judgment is a bad thing. Jesus isn't judging us or condemning us about the cross because if we said yes to him, that's dealt with. The judgment is a decision about what we did with our life according to what we were called to do. That's what God, Jesus is going to judge. Let me prove that to you one more time. <laughs> one, not, you're not convinced. 1 Corinthians 3 says this. On the day of judgment, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, so you're going to heaven, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So in in this scripture, we're called builders. Okay, the, the children of God are called builders. We're called to build something. We're called to build the kingdom of God, to build the house of God, all for his glory. We're called to build together. 
The Bible says that what we build on this earth and what we do with our life will stand before God and a fire will show what it's really worth. And if it's gold and silver, it will be refined because we've done exactly what God has asked us to do. If we've lived a life for ourselves and it's all been about what we want and what we wanted to be, you know, to be comfortable and what we, the Bible says it will be burnt up. So we're going to either rule and reign with Christ or we're going to get into heaven and just about get in and everything that we lived for will be burnt up because it had no value. You'll be in and you're, you know, you're in heaven and God loves you, but people will give, be given different rewards and diff, some people will reign close to Christ and some people will be right at the back. Because they just got into heaven, just very barely, because they lived for themselves. Their salvation is not in question, but did they do anything of value? So I was thinking about our awesome worship team when I was writing this, because I love them to bits. But um, they're such a good example of this, of what I mean. Our worship team, and I hope you agree, are incredible. Let's give them a round of applause, first of all, because they're just amazing. Um, <laughs> They don't worship up here with ego and a sense of wanting to be watched or it's about them. They just don't have it in the worship team and that's down to the way that Ian's led them so well. They, they worship for the glory of God, to give him glory, to give him honour and to create an atmosphere for the presence of God to move. They don't worship for themselves. Now, if they did, and I'm sure there are sadly people that do, when they stand before God and their calling obviously was to be worshippers, but they stand before God and they've been living for promotion and themselves and ego, that's going to get burnt up. But I believe that every time our guys get up on that stage and they honour God with their worship and it's absolutely genuinely adoration for Jesus, that is going to give them a reward in heaven because they have led people into the presence of God every single week and it hasn't been about them. So when they stand before Jesus and he says, well, you were called to worship, to lead people into worship, and you have honoured me with your songs and you've given you everything, here's your reward. If they had selfishly been worshipping for themselves and glory and you know, promotion or whatever, then that would have been burnt up. They would have got into heaven, but Jesus would be like, that was rubbish. <laughs> Bye-bye. Um, okay? And it literally would have been like that. And I believe that that's true of many people in this room who serve God and, and minister and do what, what, do what you do, that there will be a reward for you because of your faithless, because you're walking your calling. Nearly done. 1 Corinthians 9 says, Don't you realize it's a race everybody runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Okay? You've got there's an eternal prize, and that's what you're going to get when you get to heaven. So run with purpose in every step. Just think about that, that you're going to stand before God, and he's going to say, this is what I want you to do. Well done, good and faithful servant. Here's your reward. That's what I hope he's going to say of all of us. Let me just prove that one more time in Psalm 139. It says, you saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. The book of Daniel tells us that when we are going to face God on the day of judgment, a book will be open. What will the book be? The book's not about whether you're saved or not. If you've got that, you know, if you said yes to Jesus, you're in heaven. The book is the book of your life. Jesus is going to open it and say, this is what was written in your book. Did your life match it? Did you do what you were called to do? I will be judged in the light of what I was called to do, not my salvation. And that book that was written before I was even born has laid out what my calling is and what God wants me to do on this earth. And that's the book that's going to be open.
And I know for many of you in the room, hopefully everybody, that is going to be just God just saying, well done. You are incredible. So let me just prove that to you. We've got the video ready, Dan. Hopefully this will work. Let me just show you what that looks like. Those three children impact. You sought me and you heard my voice. You were obedient to my call. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So remember, in regards to the calling that's on your life, you won't be judged according to what you did. You will be judged according to what you were called to do. Wow. And what I love about that is it's not all about ministry and being on a platform. Okay? Everybody's calling is different, and it could just be, could just be really importantly, to raise your family. It's, it's more about what God is asking of you. I love in that little clip it kept saying, you sought me. And that's where I want to finish today. We are all got a calling. It's unique to our life. Whatever that looks like, ministry, business, raising a family, doesn't matter what it is. But it will give God glory and it will bless people. But we have to ask God what it is. And I'm sure many of you have, but if you haven't, I just want to leave you with this. That God wants to tell you what your calling is. He wants to reveal it to you, put you back on track if you're not there yet. And it's just about seeking him. The Bible tells us that that if we approach God in faith, that he is faithful to hear us. We just need to spend time in his presence. Sometimes we have to fast and just get alone with God to really hear his voice. But God wants to tell you your calling. He wants to either affirm that you're doing the right thing or he wants to show you what you need to be doing, whatever that looks like. And the reality is, if you will seek God and spend time in the word, the Bible says it's a lamp unto our feet. So when you sp- things re- are revealed when you're in the word, when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time fasting, and just spending time with God, he will feel, why would he give you a calling and then hide it from you? That wouldn't make any sense. Why has he put a path for you to walk in and then hide it from you? But we will stand before God. With God, Jesus just loving on us, no judgment, but he will say, this is what was written in your book. Did you do it for me? So that's part one. <laughs> What's part two going to be like next week? Anything could happen. What am I going to say? What IT skills am I going to develop in the next week? I mean, there's no limit to what you could see on the screen by next Sunday. Working on that, Chris. Help me out. Okay, so I'm going to pray for you. That's all right, guys. And then we're finished. Okay, thank you, God. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you know us individually that you have called each one of us by name. Father, I thank you that you have a destiny and a purpose over every life in this room. And Lord, not only do you want to reveal that, Father, but you want to direct it, bless it, anoint it, and cause it to be fruitful. So Father, everybody in this room right now, just hearing my voice, I just pray over them that your Holy Spirit will reveal or confirm that they are where they need to be walking and what they're called to do. 
promised by, in the Bible, Lord, is that you will give us the equipment and the, everything that we need to do it so we haven't got to worry. But Father, I pray that you would just fill us with a knowing and, a, and an excitement about what we're called to do, that you will confirm or that you will show and reveal for the first time where we are to be and what we're called to do. Father, I thank you that you have a job for everybody to do. Everybody is unique and they have a gifting in you. Father, and you have purposed and destiny before we were even born what it is that we were to do for you, to give you glory and to build your kingdom. And Father, I pray that over the next few days that you reveal that, make that confirmed in people's hearts and you will set a fire and an excitement inside of us about what we're called to do. We know that you equip those that are called so we have nothing to worry about, Father, but I pray that you would just reveal yourself and reveal your heart in Jesus' name. Amen.